When times get dark, we can't see the help that's all around us. Let 211 be your guiding light for mental health and other resources. Call 211 or visit 211.org. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. It's like a loot machine. time edition after the big interviews that we just had with uh head coach robert uh robert mccullum and then we had uh coach willie simmons joining us and uh so i mean it's, it's great to always have the coaches on uh now we get a chance to chop it up with uh a bulldog slash rattler i don't know how that works out but it works so joining us right now brad gillens uh brad you got your undergrad from south carolina state you got your grad degree from FAMU. You can go ahead and tell all the people now which school gave you the better degree. Go ahead. Oh, well, I mean, you, you know, interestingly enough, um, FAMU really gave me an opportunity to, you know, to kind of spread my wings and um, to, to really uh, experience some opportunities in the state of Florida where I've been for the last 16 years now. Um, but your foundation is everything. And so, you know, I am a, a second generation bulldog. You know, both of my parents went to school at South Carolina State. All of my siblings went to school at South Carolina State. Um, so as much as, you know, for all of the love that I have for, for Florida A&M and everything that they've done, you know, home is where the heart is. So it's always going to be SC State. All right. All right. Uh, you know, I, I tried. I tried, Kelvin. <laughs> I tried. I tried. Um, although I, te- right, so- although I tell you what, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a little bit. I'll, I'll give you, I'll throw a little more context. I'll give you a little bit more. While my heart, uh, is at South Carolina state, my money and my daughter are now matriculating at Florida and M she's in her fresh, she's in her freshman year. So how about there you that? Go. There you let's go. go. See, we love it. We love it. Okay. So Brad, let's, let's, we, we brought you in here to give us that perspective, obviously with, with South Carolina state being so near and dear to your heart, um, you've got a unique, uh, uh, uh perspective and you follow this team. Um, this is a team that, uh, you know, I thought personally coming into the beginning of the year, when I looked at the non-conference schedule, I thought this is one of the hardest non-conference schedules in black college football. Not be not the not because of the power fives, but you've got Alabama A and M, FAMU, Bethune, and A and T. One of those four, if not all four, well, definitely not all four now, but at least three of the four are probably favorites to possibly win, whether it be a conference or 
a black college national championship. So if South Carolina State pulls a couple of wins and then goes on and wins the MEAC, this is a team that is going to be highly rated. Uh, what was your perspective or thoughts of this team in the preseason? And here we are four games in. They're one and three. Where you see them right now? Well, you know, interestingly enough, going in going into the season, um, we we realized we recognized and realized that uh, we were going to be up for a really tough task. Um, you know, we had a kind of a murderous row in in uh, in September. We were on the road, you know, uh, three of the you know three weeks in a row. Uh, you know, starting uh, you know in uh, Huntsville at Alabama A and M, who are the defending you know were the defending SWAC champions and. You know, who came to Orangeburg last spring and and kind of whooped up on us really pretty good. Um, you know, we uh, went back to went back to Huntsville, um, and and there are some you know there are some some similarities there and some some familiarities there as their current president uh, is a graduate and former president of South Carolina State. So, um, you know, that went a long way in in that game being scheduled and us being able to play them in the spring and then us reciprocating back you know, in Huntsville uh, this September. But, um, you know, it was, it was a very close game, hard-fought game. Um, as, I'm, as I'm sure you guys know, if you uh, haven't seen them yet, I'm sure you've seen them on tape. Um, Akil Glass is, uh, is, is, is an extremely good quarterback. Um, they've got some really good receivers, you know, one of which being Brian Juice Jenkins. Um, you know, they've got some, you know, they've got some really good weapons, some really good weapons on offense. And, you know, they're really sound on defense. Um, you know, all of those things being said, you know, we were able to go in there, uh, you know, on the road, first game, um, first game for a lot of these guys, because a lot of them, quite frankly, sat out in the spring and, you know, really didn't get an opportunity only playing four, only playing four games in the spring, as opposed to a full, you know, a full schedule. Um, it was uh, a lot of them. Uh, it was a lot, a lot of their first times, you know, playing collegiate football or playing since 2019, and went in and, you know, kind of fell short, you know, lost the game 42-41. Uh, and then, you know, you have to go to Death Valley and you play, you're playing Clemson. Um, and, you know, that's always a that's always a tough task. It's an, it's an in-state rivalry. Um, I don't know how much of a, of a rivalry it is. Uh, is I mean, as they, you know, want, kind of won every – they've won every meeting. Um, but even then, we were able to show some flashes and, and do some really great things. You know, our preseason defensive player of the year, Jacoby Durant, uh, intercepted Clemson starting quarterback twice in the first half. Um, so we were able to still show some flashes. Um, you know, fast forward and, you know, as, as soon as we, you know, kind of get out of, kind of get out of, uh, out of Clemson um, and, and just tried to make sure everybody was healthy, we were on the road, you know, flying to El Paso, Texas to play New Mexico State. Had a really good, had a really good showing there. And, you know, although we lost the game, we were able to muster 35 points against an FBS school, which is nothing to sneeze at. Right. Um, you know, came into game in October, um, you know, South Carolina State and Bethune-Cookman has always been a very, very competitive game. Um, as long as I've been, as long as I've been a fan and supporter of, of, of SC State football and, I'm sure you guys, um, while the score was not indicative of the way the game went, um, you know, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, South Carolina State was up 42 to seven, and it almost didn't, it almost didn't even seem real because uh, the games are always so evenly matched and they're always so close. 
Um, but, you know, uh, we were able to, you know, really get some of our younger guys some 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 experience, um, kind of get them some playing time. I think we played the entire team, to be quite frank. Um, and so in the fourth quarter, Bethune-Cookman, you know, um, was able to score 28 unanswered, were able to score 28 unanswered points, make it look a, a lot more respectable than it really, really was. Um, but even in, if in that game, we amassed over 500 yards of total offense. So I think in the month of October, we're starting to hit our stride. And I think this game is really going to be the met is really going to be a measuring stick to determine, you know, where we are as a program. Calvin. So, Brad, the uh, value defense has been pretty much lights out uh, thus far um, um, in, against FCS opponents. Uh, we've, we've given up basically two touchdowns, uh, FCS or less. And um, I know in the Jackson State game, really it was a, a, a jump ball and a penalty that put them in position to uh, even score that, that one touchdown. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Shaq Davis, you you wide receiver at SC State and the quarterback, uh, they 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 kind of lit us up and brought us back two years ago in 2019. Uh, that was the, the the coming out party. Um, just talk about how how do you think these programs match up this year on Saturday? So I I, I think it's interesting because. Um, the the programs of essentially and then I listened to coach and it was it was it was funny to hear him talk about you know family running the ball you know 35, 35 plus times which is something I don't think I've ever seen in in my time and and watching family football I mean from from the time of Billy Joe going forward it was you know if, if we weren't if family wasn't throwing 30, 40 times then you know I don't it I don't I don't know it just didn't seem didn't seem right. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> from everything that I've seen about FAMU's defense, it's, it's extremely sound, um, you know, uh, very quick to the point of attack. Um, th- this game is going to be like any other, this game is going to be like any other game. Uh, it's going to be one in the trenches. Um, and so it's going to be about who can establish the line. Of, it's going to be about who can establish the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, who can, who can get that, you know, who can get that push. Um, interestingly enough, uh, for South Carolina State, uh, this the the offense that they're running this year is a bit of an anomaly. I think you guys remember when Coach Jeffries was there, and even earlier on in Buddy Pugh's tenure, you know the motto was, you know, "We don't pass even on the interstate." And so, you know that being, <laughs> so you know you know that being said, this is this is a stark difference uh, for the folks in the Garden City of Orangeburg. Um, to be able to see, you know, this Buddy Pew team kind of air it out. But I think what we found is that as um, Buddy has gotten older in his years and, um, you know, kind of progressed as a coach, he's also delegated a lot more. And he's trusting his coordinators and he's allowing, you know, young, fresh offensive minds to come in. And, you know, with that comes new schemes and, you know, um, you know new ideas and all of those good things. And, and you know, quite frankly – you know that's where that's where that's where the that's where uh, sports is going. I mean, we're we're going to multiple sets where, you know, folks want to run the spread offense where they can kind of throw it around a little bit and and get guys in space, uh, and and allow them to you know kind of beat the other beat their man on the other side of the ball and and make things happen. 
all of that, you know, all of that being said, you know, I'd, I'd be remiss if I said, you know, we're still South Carolina State, so we're still going to have a heavy dose of a running attack because that's just in our DNA. You know, it's it's just something that is always going to be there. Uh, it's it's going to be an extremely it's going to be an extremely tough test. Um, your front four is really stout. Um, trust and believe we haven't forgotten about uh, Marquise Bell. Uh, we know he's on. We know he's on the back end. And quite frankly, uh, while Jacoby Durant from South Carolina State was the preseason MIAC Player of the Year, uh, I'd venture to say if FAMU was still in the MIAC, it would have probably been a toss-up to determine who was going to be defense preseason Defensive Player of the Year between he and Marquise. So we have a healthy respect for FAMU's defense. It's really just going to be a lot about what Coach said, just execution. You know, making sure. Um, that we don't beat our, you know, making sure that we don't beat ourselves and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Kofi? Yeah, man, I uh, I have a healthy love for and respect for South Carolina State University. Um, having been born in Columbia, South Carolina, and half of my family uh, actually went to South Carolina State University. Um let me ask this. Obviously, with the exit of North Carolina A&T, FAMU, Bethune-Cookland, and Hampton, has there been uh, any regrouping in regards to South Carolina State possibly leaving the MEAC to go to the SWAC or possibly Big South? With, <clears throat> excuse me. With, with respect to the SWAC, um, geographically, I don't think that's a good fit for South Carolina State. I mean, we'd be the farthest team. We'd be the farthest team east. Um, and, you know, for a, for a travel, for travel, from a travel perspective, I, I don't know that that uh, gives us any any advantage from, a, you know, from from that standpoint or from a financial aspect for that matter. Um, completely understand why, you know, why FAMU did it. And, and I'm sure it's going to pay off for the university, uh, pay, pay major dividends in the years to come, um, especially considering those rivalries are, you know, in, in, a, in a lot of places drive two markets, um, you know, with Alabama being right there, Mississippi being several hours, you know, so on and so forth when you're not, if we're not talking SWAC West, of course. And then, of course, Daytona Beach, which, um, you know, that, that was always going to happen. Um, for us, for us, I think we're kind of staying the course right now, um, and we're just we're we're trying to figure out, um, you know, what what's going to happen with the new MIAC leadership. As I'm sure you guys know, uh, Commissioner Dennis Thomas is going to be retiring, so there's going to be a changing of the guard, and with that changing of the guard comes expectations from the MIAC Council of Presidents to determine how are you going to land and expand, you know, new universities within that digital footprint. Um, if I had to guess, uh, and this isn't anything that anybody has told me, this is just this is just you know me thinking out loud. I would imagine that they would go after a school like a Virginia State, who's probably ready to make the move to uh, you know to FCS. Um, I would imagine they may take a flyer on on seeing if Winston Salem State has has gotten their ducks in a row and they're ready to come back and and you know, give them that North Carolina footprint again that they lost when they lost North Carolina A&T. So that essentially replaces both Hampton and uh, both Hampton and North Carolina A&T right there. Um, as far as as far as, you know, any schools further south in, in Florida, I don't think we would entertain the idea 
um, of any of in, like an, an Edward Waters or a Florida Memorial. I just don't think they're I just don't think they're ready to make that move up just yet. Um, but it might be an, it might be a Fort Valley or an Albany State or you know or, or something to that effect that that might you know they they have they have the football cachet. Um, you know they're you know uh, it's just a matter of whether they can they can make the financial move if it's if it's financially feasible for them to be able to make that move to the MEAC. But uh, as it stands for South Carolina State, I think we're standing pat right now. Cool. All right, uh, Brad, we, we, we got to that portion of the show where we like to do bold predictions here as, as we normally uh, try to break this game down. Um, so a, as our guest, we will give you the first shot at a bold prediction, and if you want to even jump in there with a score prediction and outcome, you know, go ahead and bring that out as well. So, if I had to, if my my bold prediction would be uh, that Wolverine would lead all. Wolverine is going to lead all receivers and and catches and yards on on Saturday. I think a lot of focus is going to be paid to Shaq Davis because you know he's the name, and I'm sure he's the guy you. I'm sure he's the guy you remember, um, you know, from 2019. Uh, Wolverine's a, Wolverine's a sophomore who didn't have an opportunity to play in that game in 2019, but leads the team in catches this year and receiving yards. Um, um, Shaq's been kind of kind of uh, nursing. Uh, some um, some nagging injuries, so he may not be at 100%. So I can and and Corey Corey Fields uh, and Wolverine have a really really good rapport. Um, think of Corey as that that inside slot receiver that that uh, that Hunter Renfro, uh, you know, type of guy. When you need when it's third and six, he's gonna get you seven um, to kind of to kind of move the chains. I tell you what. Um, as a matter of fact, I think you've got a guy on your team named Xavier Smith. We will probably remind you of. Um, so you know, uh, or or Roosevelt Kaiser. If we're gonna if we're gonna kind of take it back a little bit, you know, it's it's he's one of those he's one of those kinds of guys. So um, my bold prediction would be that that Wolverine would lead um, the Bulldogs, anyways, in in receiving and in, in catches and in yards. I can see this game going down to the wire, much like it did in in, in 2019. Um, just with the just with the way your your defense is playing, um, see if 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 you sh- if you're able to shut down the run and and make us one dimensional, that's definitely going to be to your benefit. But I think we'll make enough plays within the passing game and mixing in the and mixing in the run because that's just kind of a staple of what we do to to keep it close enough. And then it's probably going to be one of those whoever has the ball last wins, much like it was in 2019. Mm. Well, as long as that comes with, uh, you know, a couple of penalties and uh, kicking the ball out of bounds, we'll take that. Oh, we'll take it. We get oh, the trust ball that, won't, that won't ever happen again. You don't have to worry Kelvin, Kelvin, what do you got? Bold predictions, outcome, what do you got? I'm going to agree with the Bulldog slightly. Uh, this is game, you know, we've been lights out on defense. I, our defense is going to be our defense, right? And I, and I fought in the, the – so, so, you know, they're not going to put 44 points on us like they've done. They've been averaging. But I will say uh, if, if it's going to be tough to hold them under two touchdowns, though. I mean, they, they, they got weapons. They got players. They're well coached. 
Um, and I'm really interested to see how our defense, because this is, to me, our first challenge with a team that can really score at all levels, you know, run and pass and has a quarterback and, uh, and pedigree to do it. And don't forget, we got Alabama and m behind them next week. And, and they're similar in a lot of ways. So it kind of gives me a gauge going into that game, how we perform with this game. So so I, I'm, I'm going to say uh, we're going to give up more than one touchdown this game. <laughs> However, uh, that being said, uh, uh, I think we'll create some separation in the second half, third quarter, uh, and end up winning by 10. All Thank right. You. Do we do we score over 30? Well, they, they gave up 44 to Bama. Uh, they gave up 35 to Cookman. So – we should be able to score. We should be able to score thirty-one. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. I had to check. I had to check. All right, uh, Kofi. Bold prediction uh, outcome. What do you got? The marching one-on-one is going to be in the game on Saturday. How about that one? No, that's too weak. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm gonna say. Uh, as far as there will be a special teams touchdown on Saturday. There will be a special teams touchdown on Saturday um, by either South Carolina State or Florida and University because both special teams are extremely talented and well coached. So I'm predicting a special team score either with a block, punt, or kick, or kick return. All right. Um you know, it, it's uh, for, for myself. Oh, did you get? Did you give an? Uh, did you give a score outcome there, uh, Kofi? Real quick. Thirty-one twenty-one, fam. You. Okay. Okay. Um, I look. I'm looking at South Carolina State having given up 42, 49, 43, and thirty-five. Although, here's what worries me: the Bethune Cookman again. The defense really only gave up. 21 am i i'm if i do the math if i go back and look at it because you had the special teams touchdown by bethune the kickoff you had the scoop and uh, it was an interception or a scoop and score in the fourth quarter one of those two happened so the defense yeah yeah okay so yeah the one thing that worries me is i'm hoping that south carolina state's defense hadn't gotten right you know what i mean like when you give up that many points all of a sudden you have nowhere to go but up and get better and so it's a defense that we already thought enough of at the beginning of the year that let's just say they're starting to play at their level of expectation um that's the one thing that worries me i think this this may end up being the history between our two schools the scores are outrageous i mean famu has given up 40, 40, 30. I mean, I, I'm just throwing numbers out. They've averaged probably about 40-something points on us, uh, nearly 40 points over the last decade. Uh, with that said, though, this is the best defense FAMU has had in the decade. Uh, I think this may be an actually lower-scoring game than many people think. Uh, so with that said, I'll go with something like 27-14. 
Uh, and, and, I, and I'm basing that on what I, I think we're going to run. I think South Carolina State's going to run. I think the clock – I think there may – both teams may have more – my bold prediction, both teams have more rushing attempts and carries than passing attempts on their side. You know, obviously, uh, what I, I just had the stats up. Brad, do you recall – what the what the uh run the run the uh run the pass ratio was I'm looking it up here uh for South Carolina State it was yeah 45 rushing attempts versus 22 passes two to one rushing versus running so I I'm gonna go so far as this. I I think they keep with that same formula they're gonna run more than pass. And I think FAMU themselves, we may also run more than pass again. So I'm going lower score, something like 27-14 or 27-17. You have a couple of field goals in there. Might even get a missed field goal or two. You won't get a whole bunch of touchdowns. And and I'm just, again, Kelvin, sorry, I I don't think we get over 30. But I think that's just going to be a product of the game. And I'm actually giving more credit the South Carolina State on the defensive level from from not letting us just run rough shot over them like uh like they have a couple of uh, uh weeks in uh, earlier in the season. So Brad, give you a chance to to react to some of our uh predictions and outcomes there before we before we wrap up. Well, I'm clearly not surprised at what Kelvin said. I'm I I expected <laughs> <laughs> I I, I clearly I clearly expected that I, I wouldn't expect any less from him, um, you know, uh, Kofi. I I think you I think you were spot on both. I I respect uh, FAMU special teams and you know South Carolina State special teams has has done a really good job. Had a huge had a huge kickoff return to start the second half of the Alabama State game, and that that got really kind of sparked things for them in that you know in that game. Uh, excuse me would uh would not be would not be surprised like i said i mean for me it's a whoever has the ball last um i i didn't give you guys an opportunity i didn't give you i didn't give you an opp- i didn't give it i didn't get an opportunity to kind of give you what my score would be but i'm okay. thinking more like 27 24 um mm. or 21 17 <clears throat> um for the visitors of course Ah, of course, of course. Thank you. But of course, yeah. But a lower, (laughs) but a lower, lower scoring game than maybe what a lot of people think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you there. Um, just a couple of notes here that uh my my good my good friend producer slash co-host Ad Drew shared with us. This being the fifth Miak versus Swack showdown. Uh, this is actually uh, the rubber game. Uh, as it's two and two so far. The SWAC has won with Alabama A&M and Mississippi Valley State. Uh, the MEAC has won with North Carolina Central and South Carolina State has a has a win, obviously, over a SWAC opponent. So this FAMU versus South Carolina State will be the fifth game. Um, and so whoever wins this one, bragging rights uh, for the conference will go there. And... Uh, so that'll be interesting. Uh, one other note that he hit me up with, uh, HBCUs that played in the spring versus teams that did not play in the spring are 18 and 7 
this season. Now, again, that's only three weeks. Uh, so that's – and I don't know. Are we counting, Brad? Are we counting what South Carolina State did over the spring? Is that playing in the spring? What do you think? I mean, it, it was it was a four-game sample size. I don't I don't know that I don't know that other teams played much more than that. So I I don't see why not. Okay. Uh. So uh. Yeah. Just a couple of interesting data points. Appreciate that, Drew. Um. Brad, where where are you? Uh. Let people know how can they reach out to you? Uh. If, if they want to reach out and uh. You know. Uh. You know. Connect with you, whether it be on a South Carolina State level or a family level. Go ahead. And give some plugs. Well, yeah, I'm, 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 you know, I'm always around, you know, I'm, I'm typically, uh, you can always typically find me on Twitter at uh, Czar Telestrate, Czar of the Telestrator, which is C-Z-A-R-T-E-L-E-S-T-R-A-T-O-R. Um, spend, spend the majority of my time there when I'm not there. Um, I'm usually freelance writing, covering Central Florida sports, Um uh, you know, mostly but mostly Bethune Cookman at this point. Uh, always at always at the Florida Classic, covering both of those. Always at the Florida Classic, covering both of those games, and you know, always in Orangeburg. Uh, any chance I get, uh, helping out Kendrick Lewis and his staff in the South Carolina State Sports Information Department. I mean, those guys are have been near and dear to my heart since I was in since I was in college almost mm, thirty years ago. Yeah, so that's right, right. right. <laughs> so. Um, but, you know, also wanted to say, um, to the, to the fans that might be listening, um, there are going to be a lot of bulldogs in the stadium on Saturday. Um, I can personally attest to that. I bought 15 tickets myself today. Um, so I've got a huge contingent coming from Orangeburg and surrounding areas and I wasn't the only one. So, um, there are definitely going to be a lot of people that are coming from Orangeburg, you know. Um, South Carolina State folks and, and FAMU folks, when we get together, you guys always traveled well to Orangeburg. Um, it's a game both schools always get up for, and I think no matter the con- I, I think no matter the conference, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. I agree. I, I think as long as we've got, uh, uh, you know, this is a rivalry that hopefully will continue. It's one of those ones that we can kind of continue on, if not every year, every other year, because uh, like you, like you just said, it, there's history there. The crowd, the fan bases travel well to and from, um, and, and the games usually are good. Usually are good. You know, this this past decade has been kind of outrageous in the Pew era, but anyway, it is what it is. So hopefully well, that's great on the for other us. Side. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Uh, again, Brad Gillins. Hey, and, and also, when, when we get down to the end of the year, uh, Florida Classic, we got to definitely have you on. Hopefully, we'll be live and in person, hopefully down at the Classic. So, we got to have you come join us on set or however we work all that out. So, all right. Absolutely. Would, would love to do it. Hey, appreciate your time. And with the adjustments, uh, you know, again, we appreciate you, Brad, for hanging in there with us. Coach Simmons, we appreciate him for coming on. Coach McCullum, we appreciate him for coming on. Uh, did I miss anybody? I feel like that, is that it? The rest of it's just been us, right, guys? Did I miss anybody? It's been us, yeah, man. Yeah, it's been yeah. us. I appreciate us for coming on. I yeah, I sure you said some love, man. I wow, appreciate I mean, us. Look, we, 
we we couldn't get it done. We, you know, we we are, we are, we are. And uh, look, I appreciate Drew for hanging in there back uh, behind the behind the glass yeah. uh, for helping produce and put this thing out. So again, sure. uh, thanks to Rattler Nation for watching the ONG Strike Zone. Like, subscribe, join the YouTube page, download the JBN app, uh, and hey, uh, check out the podcast when it comes out on the BCSN Pod Zone. Tell a friend. Let them know how uh, you found us. And next Wednesday, we'll be talking about that victory over South Carolina State and getting ready for the big win over Alabama A&M. That's called a, that's called a tease, Brad. That's called a tease. So, I love right. it. I love well, it. That, that's going to do it for uh, Brad Gillins. For my co-host, Kofi Hemingway and Kelvin Rozier, I'm Brian Fulford. Thanks for watching the ONG Strikes. ONG. ONG Strike Zone. Let me make sure I say that properly. All right. It's a long night. We're out. Peace out, Rattler Nation. Let's go.